2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to give you our subject, then I'm going to back up and talk about it. And we're going to look at verse 19, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. We're going, to, we're going to look at our subject, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 19. I want to wait till you get there. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses. That's very powerful. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. He's talking about all men, not just some men and has committed to us, Paul says, the word of reconciliation. So that's what I want to talk about today. Verse 18, let's back up to verse 18. We're going to look at this thing today, but verse 18 says, and all things of God, this is all things of God, who has reconciled us, that word us there is all men. He has reconciled all men to himself by Jesus Christ. And Paul said, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God has reconciled us, gave Paul the ministry of reconciliation. That's why Paul says, I have begotten you through the gospel. So we're going to talk about today the ministry, all capital letters, of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Now, this ministry of reconciliation is the same ministry of what we want to call restoration. So we're going to look at that today, this ministry of reconciliation. Uh, let's look at the word reconcile first. Let's just go back to that. I gave you three definitions for the word reconciliation and reconcile. It means God brought us back to himself through Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing. God brought us back, brought man back to God through Jesus Christ. Number two, reconcile, to call back into union, to call back into union. That word union is one. To call back in the union with God through Jesus Christ. Number three, to restore to favor. This is number three, to restore to favor with God through Christ Jesus. To restore to favor with God through Jesus Christ. Now, we have to, we have to look at these words and realize this is what God did. So what I want to do today, and I want to say to you, is not just what he did, he did it for all men, not just some men. So let's go back and look at the all men first, and then we'll take off there, because i got to show you the all men. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 first. Go back to 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Because so we got to understand that what he did, he did it for all men. And then we got to understand what is the new creation? See, see, we got to understand what God did in the beginning in Genesis was called the old creation. Now, it's not hard for somebody to say, well, when God created all men, he created all men in Adam. Most people can see that because there was nobody on the earth but Adam. 
So if you look around for all men, where were they? All the men that he created was in Adam. Even the, even the church, right? Even Eve. It's all in Adam. So we have to know what God did at the cross. God created all men new in Christ at the cross. Shall we look at it? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is why this is so awesome. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now I want to go look at verse number 14. And I'm going to read that down to verse number 21. Because we're going to talk about it as we go along. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, watch, what he, watch the words he used, that if one died for all. Now this one is Christ. Christ died for all. Then were all dead. Christ died for all men, not some. And that he died for all. They which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them. This is why we ought to live for God, because he died for us and rose again for us. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Now he's talking about no man. He's not just talking about Jews or Gentiles. Wherefore, from now on, from now on, we know no man, regardless of who they are. You can't get them saved if you can't see Christ already died for them. We know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. You remember, Old Covenant, we knew the Jews after the flesh. It's not that way in the New Covenant. We know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Now here it is. If any man, now that's every man, if any man be in Christ. You got to understand what did God do? He created all men in Christ. So he's telling you if any man be in Christ, regardless of who he is, he's a new creature. Now this is an awesome thing to hear the gospel for the first time. He's a new creation. I told my daughter, I think one of the greatest songs she ever wrote was, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Because you cannot help people until you can get them to see they've already been created a new creation. So you don't have to go out here and prove to God by eating the bread off the table and drinking the wine to get rid of your sins. You don't have to worry about eating the baptizing Jesus' name and all this stuff. You don't have to worry about the football. Christ made you right with God at the cross. That's been settled. You're a new creation. Listen to what it says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Listen, all men were created in Christ. I'm going to show you that when I go back to Ephesians chapter 2. We were created, under, created into Christ for good works. All men. 
his new creation. Just like when, we, when God created Adam, he created all men. They just had not been born. How were they going to be born? God had to put Adam and Eve together, and then what was in Adam would be born out of Adam. That's why the gospel has to be preached before people can see what's in Christ. If you don't preach Christ, you cannot see the sons and the daughters that's in Christ. That's the, why the gospel, Romans 1.16, is the power of God under salvation to everyone that believeth. That means nobody can be born again unless you preach Christ. And they got to believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That is the only way a man can receive eternal life. Only the gospel has the power to give you eternal life. God has already given you life one time at the cross. You remember John 10 and 10. I want you to write these two scriptures down. I'm going to give you one now. I'm not done with 2 Corinthians 5. Write these down. We'll go to them later. John 10 and 10, John 11, 25. Write those two things down. You out there follow me on Facebook. Write those two things down. John 10 and 10 and John eleven twenty five. We'll go through those just a moment. So here, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, he's talking about this word, any man is every man. He's a new creature. Now, this is what God did on the cross. He created all men by Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Your Bible teaches you, the King James teaches us, that God created all men by Jesus Christ, he created all men for Jesus Christ, and he created all men in Jesus Christ. That's awesome. But Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. All things, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all, not some things, are become new. So here this man, before the cross, he was a sinner. After the cross, God had made him righteous. But nobody knew it. So Jesus had told us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but we did not understand what he was saying. So when God raised up the apostle Paul, his ministry was the ministry of reconciliation to go to these people and let them know they had been reconciled to God by the death of the cross, by the death of his son, by the resurrection of his son. Man now has been fully redeemed, paid for, bought back to God, and given all he lost to Adam, even his identity. Or everything. As a son, now he becomes a son again. 
He does not have eternal life yet, but he's righteous. Now, that's something that you got to understand. That's the difference between Christ's ministry and Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry is so you would have everlasting life. Jesus' ministry is that you might have life. And you got that when he was raised from the dead. He gave you life again, gave your life back. But now if you're going to live with God through eternity, you got to eat of the tree of life. You remember Adam. Now, remember Adam. Now, when God created Adam, he did not have eternal life. He had to eat of the tree of life in the midst of the garden. So God raised Jesus from the dead, created us in Christ Jesus, gave us our life back. Now here come the apostle Paul saying, but you still need to believe the gospel. The gospel is the power of God under salvation. The gospel is the image of God. So you can't get eternal life unless you believe the gospel. Now, that's what you're going to be able to see. All right. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, once again, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are a bit passed away. That's at the cross. And behold, all things have become new at the cross. So you can't call that man a sinner no more, passed away. You can't call him a Gentile no more, it's passed away. You can't call him a Jew no more, it's passed away. You cannot call him bond or free, male or female, that passed away in Christ at the cross. See, all that passed away. And verse number 18, and all things were done by God. See, all things are of God, everything. All this was done by God. Who has past tense reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God did this. By Jesus Christ, his death at the cross, his burial, his resurrection. God reconciled. That word reconciled means he restored to favor with God through Jesus Christ. So God restored man back to himself as a son with all that he always had, everything that he had lost. He restored him back. All things of God who has restored, reconciled us, all men, to himself, he did it by Jesus Christ, and has given us, Paul says, the ministry of reconciliation. Well, if, if, if you go to churches, what are you hearing? Are you hearing the ministry of reconciliation? Are, are you hearing just what the preacher wants to tell you today? Most preachers does not preach Christ crucified. They're not preaching you reconciliation. They're preaching you what you're going through. They're preaching you what your problem is. Everything is about you and what you're going through. And people are jumping up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 good, news is, the good news is not about you and what you're going through. That's not good news. The good news is that God 
hath redeemed man, he has restored man, he has reconciled man back to himself, he has forgiven man of everything he has done, he has taken away all of men's problems for as his sickness, all this has been paid for. This is how you receive health and healing and deliverance. God restored you to be whole. That's why he asked the man, will thou be made whole? That's what he asked the man for, because that's what Jesus asked the man. Will thou be made whole? To be made whole means to fully recover. I gave you an example this morning in Genesis chapter 20. You get a chance to read that. I'm not going back that anymore. But Abimelech restored to Abraham all. His wife, his money, his sheep, his cattle, his men servant, his main servant, everything came back to Abraham when he left out of Egypt. And we also saw the same thing happen with Adam and Eve. I'm not, uh-uh. I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm sorry, Joseph. I'm sorry. Joseph, when he went into Egypt. But what the, Joseph was over all that was in Egypt, all the money, all the gold, Everything, all the people, it was in Joseph's hand. So everything Egypt had over the years, because they had a famine, they was going to lose everything, but God put Joseph in position, so they gained everything, and they was rich in every way, cattle, land, everything. So when Israel left Egypt, what happened? God made Pharaoh give Joseph restoration. Everything. Gave him everything. All the gold, all the silver, everything they wanted. So when they left there, they left there wealthy. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. All right, so we, we're back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again. And we're, going, we're going to show you some other thing, but i got to get this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, one more time. Let's just do 18. It says, and all things of God. Remember, this is who did it. Who has reconciled us all men to himself by Jesus Christ and has given, Paul says, given us the ministry of reconciliation. Here it is, to wit, that God was in Christ. That's what happened at the cross. God came here, put on flesh. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world. Come on now, the world, all men. God reconciled all men unto himself. Remember, he reconciled. He brought and bought all men back to himself again. How did he do it? Not imputing their trespasses which is they sin. So God then, then put on their account their sins. Man did this. Man today would tell you, or oh, you listen to that Pastor Crump over there, but you're you a sinner saved by grace. We all sinners. That's not what the Bible says. That's what that preacher says. Now who are you going to believe, the Bible or the preacher? See, if I don't preach to you the Bible, then... I'm not telling you what God did. Now think about what I just said. If I don't preach to you the Bible, I'm not telling you what God did. I'm telling you what I want you to know and to hear. Man wisdom. 
But here he says, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. Come on out of the world. God so loved the world, all men, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Christ came and saved the world. Not just a few people, not just the people over here at this church, not just, he saved the world. He saved all men. He died for all men. Now, will all men receive him? No. Will all men receive eternal life? No. Will all men believe the gospel message? No. But it still does not keep God from being faithful. God is faithful. He kept his word. He did what he said he would do. Verse 19, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And watch what Paul said, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, the message. Now, Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. This is what, this is what God wants you to do now. Be reconciled to God. See, God has already did everything and restored man back to himself. And all man got to do is receive it. One word, receive it. You can't, you can't wash yourself enough. That's what man is still trying to do. Well, have you been baptized in water in Jesus' name? Oh, well, you, have you eaten the bread of the table on Saturday? You got to get the wine on the Sunday. Gotta, listen, you're trying to make yourself right with God. Quit it. Stop it. That's why Christ came, to make you right with God. Only one man pleased God, and through that he made you and me right with God. All we need to do is receive what God has done for us. The work is finished. The work is done. See, the Holy Ghost is a witness. He's all in this place right now. I know he's all over me. He's already done the work. And all he wants his creation to do is just believe what he's done and receive his gospel, his testimony, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. He's already done. He has restored all things back to the church. He has restored all things back. Just receive it. Just receive him. Receive what he's done. All right, here we go. Now we're in verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ there, be reconciled to God. That's all you got to do, be reconciled to God. The word reconciled means he made us righteous. Receive it. He restored us to divine favor. Receive it. And verse 21, 
He has made him, Christ. This is some good stuff here, boy. We're going to look at one verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He has made Christ, him, to be sin for us, for the world. Christ knew no sin. He made him to be sin for us, that we might be made. Watch what this. Why did he do that? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Why did God take his son, is the only righteous man, and crucify him on the cross? He made him to be sin for the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the whole world might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That was what God did. He made all men righteous in Christ. Will all men receive it? No. Would all men believe it? No. It doesn't keep that from being true. All right, let, let, let's show you something. Let's show you something else. Now that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, this morning, I gave you uh, Romans 5. I gave you Romans 5, 10, 11. Just go look at those two verses quickly. We're going to move through this. We got 28 minutes. I hope we get down to some of the, the new stuff I got. Romans chapter 10 uh, and verse 20. Now, all that's good this morning, I read from 6 to 11. I just want to do verse 10 only today, though. Verse 10 says, for if... Because you hear people still saying we're God's enemy and we're all sinners and all this stuff. This is what the word said. See, it, don't go by what people said. Go by what the Bible said. You can read 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 is what I'm waiting for in the King James. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. For if while we were, past tense. See, for if, if when, when we were, if when we were enemies, Past tense, were enemies. We were, we were, look at the word. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now those two words I'm going to show you before I leave, life and more abundant life. I'm going to show you two, uh, two verses. So that's why we have to understand. See verse number 12? We're going to look at verse 12 and verse 18. We're in Romans 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam. I'm in Romans 5, 12. I'm in Romans 5, 12, forgive me. Romans 5, 12, forgive me. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon, there it is, all men. Said death passed upon all men. For all have sinned. How many? For that all have sinned. So when Adam, what did Adam do? He made all men sinners. Let's go down and look at it in verse 18. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one man, because of what one man did, the sin of one man, 
judgment came up on all men. Sin came upon all men. Death came upon all men. Now judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the, by the righteousness of one man, the free gift, God's righteousness, the free gift, came up on all men unto justification of life. Justification is how he made them all righteous. He gave all men life back. See, before we were dead in sins. See, that's what happened before the cross. All men were dead in sin through Adam, dead in sin. God made a, justified us back to God again. Justification of life. Look at verse 19. For as by one man, Adam, because of his disobedience, all men were made sinners. I know King James got many, but all men were made sinners. So by the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ, I know he got many, but all men were made righteous. See, God justified all men. So you study and I teach on next week or the week after justification. Justification means you've been made right with God. Look at Romans 4.25 in the NLT. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. Romans 4.25. It says, Christ was handed over to die because of our sin. Hand on to the Gentiles to die for our sin. But he was raised to life to make us right with God. Brother, that's some good stuff. He was raised to life to make us right with God. Now let's go back to Romans chapter 5. And let's go back now to verse 20 and 21. We're in the King James. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Otherwise, when the law came, it showed how sinful man is by God. But watch what he says. But where sin abounded. Well, where did sin abound? All men were sinners. So how is God going to remove the sin from all men? How is he going to do it? Where sin abounded, grace, God's grace, God's love, much more abounded. That's why the Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. God's grace is his love. God so loved the world. God loved the world so until he gave his only son so the world 
would have no sin. So the world would have no death. So the world would have no sickness. So his people that fell into sin, God's grace is sufficient. But we have to know what happened. Romans 5.21, here it is. Romans 5.21. For sin, for I'm sorry, that as sin has reigned. See, sin don't reign no more. I don't know why people keep saying, oh, well, you're a sinner saved by grace. You got to wash away your sin. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name to get rid of your sin. You got to take communion. Get... Listen, sin don't reign no more. Sin was defeated and destroyed at the cross and forgiven. So he said that our sin hath reigned, past tense. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. See, unto eternal life. Grace reign through righteousness. So once God makes you righteous, the next thing you can do is receive eternal life. That as sin had reigned to death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. Can't get eternal life until God got rid of your sin. Romans 6, 14, you right there. This stuff is so good, man. You wonder, have you heard the gospel preached before? Well, you're here today. You're going to need the Holy Ghost to believe it. <laughs> Praise God. Romans 6, 14 is what I'm waiting for. Watch what Paul said. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Not in the new covenant. But this is not what you're hearing. You're hearing people tell you, you got to come over here and take communion to get rid of your sin. You got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to get rid of your sin. Churches are packed, building bigger churches. Building bigger churches to get rid of their sins. And yet the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why, Pastor? You are not under the law, you are under grace. Now, that's something when God tells you there is not sin under grace. Sin was under the law. Let me show you a verse. Look at Romans, while you're there, Romans 6, 23. See, people telling you sin is still under the law, under grace. No, sin was under the law. Sin should not have dominion over you. Why? You're not under the law. You're under grace. See, there's not sin under the law. There are works. There are works. See, what happened is people got evil works. But we think it's called sin. Watch this. Romans 6, 23. Okay. Uh, let, 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 me, let me do something. Let me do something while I'm in Romans 6. I got the time to do this. Let's keep reading verse 15, Romans 6, 15, and we're going to read that down to verse 23. Let's just do that. Here we go. Romans chapter number 6. We're going we're gonna to turn over here. Romans 6 and verse number uh, 15. What then, Paul said, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law? 
but we are under grace. Watch what Paul says. Certainly not. What do God forbid me? Certainly not. Look at the next verse. Know ye not that whom you yield yourself servants obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin to death, of obedience to righteousness. On the old covenant you had disobedience, now you got obedience. But God be thanked that you were, can you see it? You were the service of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. That's what I'm preaching, the, the word of reconciliation. You have obeyed that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. You have obeyed it. What does it mean to believe it? Christ's death and resurrection has taken the place of your sin and your death. And verse 18, being, don't drop your cup, being then made free from sin. What did Christ do at the cross? He made all men free from sin. You became now the servants of righteousness. All men are called servants of righteousness. You used to be servants of sin. Verse 19, I speak after the man of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' service to uncleanliness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now yield your members as service to righteousness, to holiness. Live right now. God got rid of your sin. Sin is the power that had you under his control. Now sin been defeated. Now you can live right if you want to. But if you, you can live right because you're righteous. Every man can live right now because they're righteous if they want to. That's why the first thing God told you when he renewed your mind is modify the deeds, modify them, put them to death. But you have to want to live right. Romans chapter 6 and verse 20. For when we were past tense, the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. See, in the Old Testament, man was servants of sin but you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things where now you are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin. What did God do at the cross? He made man free from sin and made you servants to God. You are servants to righteousness and holiness. You're supposed to serve righteousness and serve holiness. You're supposed to live righteous and live holy. But now, being made free from sin, you became the servants of God. You have your fruit to holiness. See, you, now he said you have your fruit to holiness. Live holy. 
Watch what he says. And the end, eternal life. So why did God send Christ to die on the cross for your sins? To make you righteous. What else waiting for you? Eternal life. God couldn't give you eternal life until you receive God's righteousness. See, once you have received God's righteousness, you can live righteous and you can live holy. And you know what you now will receive from God? Eternal life. He cannot give a man eternal life until he believes the gospel. Well, if you can't believe you're righteous, you can't even believe that God's power will keep you holy and righteous, then you're rejecting the gospel. Watch what it says. The wages of sin is death. Now, that's before the cross. See, what we do when we read something, we think sin is still here. No, before the cross. Why Jesus went to the cross? To die for our sins. Sin cost him his life. Adam's sin, our sins, cost Christ his life. The wages of sin is death, but it doesn't stop there. There's a semicolon and a but there, conjunction. But what? But the gift of God is eternal life. The wage of sin. So if man will receive God's righteousness as his payment for his sin, his death, and accept God's righteousness, now all men are made righteous with God. Well, once you accept that, believe that, now God reward you with eternal life. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, but it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now let's go show you. I got two things I want to show you, and then I got something else I want to show you. Let's go to John 10. And 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. In John 10 and 10, you're going to see life, and then you're going to see life abundantly. So you got to see what God first, his, his work was, to restore a man back to God and give their life back. Watch this. John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's start with verse 9. Back it up to 9. One verse for you. John 10 and 9. We're going to back that back. One verse. John 10 and verse 9. Just, just back up one verse. We're in the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 9. Watch Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, remember, he's the door. He said, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Watch what he says. Well, when was man saved? At the cross. God's son died and saved all men. So he says in John 10 and 9, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So what happened when Christ died on the cross? He saved all men. 
Well, you are saved. You, you hear people say this, and I want to clear this up in this ministry especially. You hear people say, do you believe in once saved, always saved? See, they're actually going by what they do and how they live their life. But salvation took place at the cross. Nobody else can be saved. Pastor, do you, you know, did y'all know what pastor preaching now? That's what people talk about like a dog. You, you know what my pastor preaching now? Listen, you already saved. When, they, when was you saved? At the cross. Christ died on the cross and he saved all men. Save you from your sin. He's not going to die no more. Do the, Bible, the Bible say you were saved. You are saved. Why do he keep telling you that? Because that's what Christ did for you on the cross. But people take it like, well, you know, you need to come to church and get saved. Well, are the people of the church going to save you? I thought we only had one Savior. And the problem is, that's why Christ came. To save man. Now, my responsibility as your pastor is to make sure you believe that, that what God had done, and make sure you receive eternal life. And you do that by believing in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, what God does, He rewards you eternal life. So you ever see what God already did? While you were your sinners, Christ died for you. But my job is to tell you that Christ died for you and he saved you at the cross. Now you need to be reconciled to God. Otherwise, receive his salvation, receive his eternal life, and live for him. If he, if he died for you, you ought to be able to live for him. Let me say it again. If he died for you and, you, and he did, you ought to be able to what? Live for him. And you will never see death. All right, here we go. John 10 and 10. Jesus said, I'm come. I'm sorry. John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come. He's telling you why he came. I am come that you might have life. He didn't stop right there. Comma. I'm come that you might have life. That word life there means righteousness. Christ came that a man might be made righteous. That's his death, burial, and resurrection on the call. He was raised for our justification. Justification of life. And then in verse number 10, it says that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's eternal life. So you can't get eternal life until you receive the life God already gave you on the cross. See, the first life Christ died on the cross is to pay for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then his life he's going to give you will be eternal life. But first he had to die on the cross to pay for Adam eating of the wrong tree in the garden. 
he had to give that life back. Adam died twice. He died a natural life, he, but first he died a spiritual life. So when Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life, that means I'm going to restore to you the life that Adam took away from you when he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then after that, I'm on, I am the tree of life. Now I can give you my life for eternal life. But you could not get eternal life unless Adam did not eat the tree of life, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When he ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And he died that day. So he came that you might have life. Now that's the life that man lost at the cross. I'm sorry, at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then he gave you the right tree, which is Christ. So he made you righteous first, and then I preached to you Christ, and you eat of that tree, which is the tree of life. Now you have eternal life. Can't you see both life? I came that you might have life through Christ's work on the cross, his death, death, and resurrection. Then I give you eternal life when you believe Crump told you the same thing. Now let's go over and show you John 11, 25. You'll see it again. John chapter 11, verse 25. One verse. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Now, what did God do when he raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 4, 25? He raised him from the dead for our justification. So he said, first of all, listen later, I'm the resurrection. I'm the re so Jesus resurrected. He raised man to justification of life. But he's not only just the resurrection, he's also the eternal life. But first you've got to receive Christ's resurrection is your resurrection that made you right with God. Man, I tell you, I, I just can't say enough. Christ's deathbed resurrection made you right with God 2,000 years ago. I preach it to you today, you can receive eternal life if you can believe what he did on that cross. His death become your death. His burial become your burial. His resurrection become your resurrection. Let's show you another one under the word restore. I gave you one this morning and get this morning tape. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 16. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 16. You know if you go to Samuel, you got to go before the kings. 1 Samuel chapter number 30. And verse 16, 1 Samuel chapter 30. See, you just got to hear somebody who knows the truth. You got a whole lot of people out there who will tell you what their religion say, their tradition say, but they don't know the word. They out to deceive you. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, they will spread abroad upon the earth, eating and drinking and dancing. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now here it is. The Amalekites have taken over David's camp. 
David was not there at that time. But David is angry because these Amalekites have taken over David's wife, his everything that he has. And God is going to show you that's the exact same thing that happened to God. Satan deceived Adam, took everything Adam had. How was he going to get it back? So God is showing you. He's showing you through the, 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 the types and the shadows. That's what he's going to do. Here it is. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread about upon the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil. Here's the devil rejoicing. Because all the great spoil that they had taken, I'm, I'm going I'm to turn to this count. They had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. So they rejoiced in everything they had taken from God's people. David smote them with the trilight, even to the evening of the next day. They escaped not one of them, not a man of them. Say 400 young men was rolled upon camels and they fled. And David, watch what happened. Remember, that's what he asked God. Shall I pursue? David went, let, let, let me show you this. I got a moment. Go back to verse number seven. Quickly on, on the screen there. Uh, let's go back to verse seven. First Samuel 30 and seven. Let's do it quickly. It says, and David found this out, and David said to Abathar, the priest of Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me the ephod. Bring me hither the ephod. So he's going in to seek God. And Abathar brought David the ephod, because David was a king priest uh, also. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered and said, Pursue! But thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Look at verse number 18, and we're done. And David recovered all. Do you see it? And David recovered. See, all these types of shadows about what Christ was going to come. Here the devil had deceived Adam, took everything he had, but Christ is coming. David recovered all that Amalek had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, nor spoil, nor anything that they had taken. David recovered all. My God of mine. David recovered all. Well, pastor, why are you telling us that? That's what Christ did on the cross. Reconciliation. The devil had deceived God's man. And you know what God did? God put on him a body of flesh, came down here, faced the devil himself, and then he turned around and took everything back the devil had taken from his boy, his son, and gave it back to man at the cross. 
No wonder Paul said, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He gave us everything back. Everything the devil stole, God has already given it back. You don't have to listen to these people saying to you, putting your wall clothes on and you going out to take Listen, you ain't got to take nothing. It's already yours. God already gave it back. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Let's look at our scripture that's close to the day of Ephesians chapter 1. What you need to do is believe the gospel. Pastor, are you telling me that God died for all men? He sure did. Are you telling me that all men are saved? Yep. But they don't know it. And they have not received it. But for us, God is concerned, he's already done the work. That's the work of the cross. It's just like it was when you came to Christ. You didn't know. Somebody preached Christ to you and you believe, and now you're in church every Sunday. We got to tell people what God has already done. Some not going to believe it, even the church today. They don't believe God has already done everything for them. They still out trying to do something themselves. That's why it's called works. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, In whom, to my Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. I just ministered to you the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, eternal life, unto redemption, the precious possession, unto the praise of his glory. God has already done everything for you. I'm preaching to you, Christ. You need to receive him. Receive what he has done so you can get your inheritance, which is eternal life. My time is up, and I thank you for yours, for the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.